<laughs> Welcome to Combat Files. Um, I've got Maz Ifzal with me today. Maz, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, I am Maz Ifzal. I am a public speaking coach and trainer. Right, okay. And um, I would actually go on and, and describe you a little bit more than that. I think, um, if I may, um, highly educated, successful businesswoman, um, British, uh, a British Muslim woman, uh, mother, wife, and an entrepreneur. Um, I think those are all fair descriptions of, of yourself. Um, looking at your, I had a chance to look at your uh, bio and your, your LinkedIn profile. And I'd like to start at this point where there's a gap between um, your, you know, I think it's after Goldman Sachs of about five, six years. Um, why was there a gap there? Um, I got married, as you do. And um, I want to take that time out to dedicate this new bond that had been formed. You know, for me, marriage marks the beginning of a family. It's a lifelong commitment that I suppose uh, widens your horizons and the purpose of existence on this earth. You know, it gives you an opportunity to be selfless as now you take the responsibility of your spouse and children. You know, marriage isn't just a physical union, Azar. It's also a spiritual one, as well as an emotional bond. I mean, it opens up the gates to realizing a higher purpose to your life. You know, you work for a larger goal and I suppose receive greater satisfaction. And taking all that into account, I decided that I wanted to dedicate the next few years to my new family. Right, okay, well, that's, that's I mean, that's understandable. I guess, you know, in the um, environment that we have been brought up in, um, you know, a lot of, my wife did a very similar thing um, also. So I, I do, I, I can resonate with that. The, the, the interesting part is, and obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about um, uh, your life and, and, you know, planning this interview off air. Um, roughly six years into your marriage, uh, your life was rocked by an impact with some really devastating news. Would you like to share with us some of, some of that information? Yeah, I, I can do if you'd like me to. Yes, please. Please do. Um, so it was a very dark time in my life, actually. Uh, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And those who don't know much, um, don't know much about this sort of cancer. That means that out of every 100 women who have stage three breast cancer, 72 will survive. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. And on average, I think it is, every two minutes a woman is diagnosed with this sort of cancer and every 13 minutes a woman dies with stage three breast cancer. Okay, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I will say that um, while we were discussing this, I didn't actually ask you that question about what type of cancer you had. And, 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 you know, even knowing you and, and for the for the viewers, you know, this is we've talked, what, three or four, five times now. So, mm -hmm. we've, you know, we've got to know each other. Um, and, you know, even for me, it's, it, it, you know, there's that there's that wow shock element um, as you're, you're explaining it to me. So 
you know, explain to us a little bit more about your, you know, your, your mental state and, and, you know, receiving that information, you know, how did, how did it impact you? How did it impact those that are closest to your relationship? <clears throat> Tell us a little bit more about that. I think uh, if I look back at the time, my first reaction was shock, surprise, and terrible fear. You know, you don't actually think that it's going to happen to you. Uh, I thought, would I live to see my children grow up? You know, these fears, um, they clouded my whole I mean, I was 27 years old when I found out that I had cancer. And I remember the feeling of being helpless and really powerless. You know, I vividly remember sitting in the treatment room and I came across a book called Breast Cancer Survival Journey. And I remember asking myself, actually, what sort of person wants to take this journey? You know, shouldn't a journey be about choices? This journey is taking me somewhere that I don't want to be, but I'm expected to taste, you know, take this so-called journey. I think a cancer patient's journey is like a roller coaster. Once you step in, there's no stopping. There's no days off. You know, I started my treatment and prepared for what would happen to my body. Life becomes really, really precious as a, it comes sharply into focus. You know, it's amazing. You start hearing the leaves rustle and the birds sing. And I actually listened to life for a change. And I wanted it to continue. Knowing everything I could about my condition, I suppose I could say help me cope in the early stages. I realized that if I had as much knowledge as possible, I could regain more control on this journey and direct my thinking more positively. I mean, the treatment for the cancer wages a complete war on your body and it totally undermines your femininity. You know, I actually missed my ordinary life. Going for radiotherapy daily and waiting in a dismal, you know, dismal room, it felt actually really demoralizing. I mean, is that a word that I'm allowed to use? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. I mean, the walls of the room were covered in, I remember, peaceful scenes, which were actually meant to help patients relax, you know. However, I found them really disturbing as I wasn't at the end of this so-called journey of mine. You know, fast as I came towards the end of the treatment, I realized um, how I was actually very, very soon, I'll be done, you know, with these horrible chemical smells, the blue gown that I had to wear, and the endless waiting for the IV drug that slowly dripped into my body. I had worked my way through, you know, all the magazines in the treatment room. I now knew more about the Kardashians than anyone should. <laughs> and, you know, I looked around me and the journey others were taking, those that were back for more treatment, as the previous treatment wasn't effective, those that may not even survive. It was then that um, I actually truly realized the mantra that there's always someone worse off than you. You know, I remember leaving the cancer unit with, um, you know, no fanfare, 
No graduation ceremony. Instead, I left with lobster red skin and, you know, just a handful of hair. Um, but, however, I was a survivor of this journey, you know. I have 40% chance of my cancer returning. I know that there will be a secondary, which will lead to a third. I mean, this journey allowed me uh, to learn new things about myself that I may not have known. Like, you know, I'm not a quitter. How I can handle the big stuff, who my supporters are, my strength and resilience, and to eliminate people and things in my life that don't make me happy. You know, I actually have a greater appreciation for life as they're in good health. And then I thought, actually, now, what journey did I want to take? I wanted to take a journey that would contribute to human development, a journey where I would live a life of purpose, a journey where I would leave a legacy. Interesting, because, uh, and I'm curious, because you mentioned um, family, and obviously family must have been that there for you naturally. It's a natural thing that everyone, you know, closes in for that support. But what, I mean, aside from family, what else did you lean on? What, what else did, did that came up for you? I think I realised, I mean, when you speak about family and how it impacts your family, um, that's a strange one. Um, the reason for that is that with some close and loved ones, I became very close and I became attached to them. But then there were others who found out about my illness and they reacted very differently. And not going into detail, but let's just say it was a very positive experience. And from that, I learned a great deal. I learned to draw these personal imaginary boundaries around myself that no one should ever cross either physically unless invited in or emotionally you know we're all entitled to respect yeah. privacy decency yeah. kindness love truth honor and if people cross the lines you blur those boundaries as a because you're entitled to stand up for yourself and say, you know what, no, I won't put up with this. But you have to draw the line first. You have to know what you will stand for and what you won't. The more secure you become with your boundaries, the less power other people will have over you. The more clearly defined your boundaries, the more you realize that actually other people's stuff is more to do with them and less to do with you. You stop taking things so personally. And setting these boundaries means that you don't have to be scared of other people anymore, Azar. You know, you now have a clear idea of what you will put up with and what you won't. And once someone crosses the line between appropriate and inappropriate behavior, it gets really easy to say, no, I don't want to be treated like this or spoken to like this. These boundaries enable us to resist pushy people, rude people. And once you've got these lines around you, it gets a whole lot easier to set, you know, to stay behind them and be firm 
resolute, strong, and assertive. It, it's 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 really interesting because, you know, um, my next question that came to my mind was, you know, faith. Uh, we all need something to believe in, whether somebody yeah. believes in religion or spirituality or the uni universe. Everybody believes in something. Did faith play a part in, in this experience? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking what did I lean on during this Definitely, it has to be faith for me. As faith, just it's not just a notion that some people hold on to sometimes. Faith is an important element to all human life on earth. You know, life is really, really precious, but it can also be remarkable, you know, remarkably difficult at times. And faith is what helps us to get through, you know, illuminating the pathway in times of darkness, helping to give us strength in times of weakness. I mean, faith at its core is deep rooted in the expectation of good things to come. It goes way beyond hope. While much of hope lives in you know, your mind, faith is steeped into, I would say, the heart and the spirit. I mean, it can't be explained away by reason or logic or be understood through a, a single dimension. While life can be hard at the best of times, faith is a knowledge deep down inside that actually things will get better. It's taking the next step when you can't see, you know, the entire staircase. Simply put, life would fail to have reason, I suppose, you know, if we didn't have faith. It's just, it, it, it's one of those things. So then you ask if it plays a large part in my life. Of course it does. You know, faith for me is just as important, I suppose, as the air I breathe. You know, while oxygen, the air nourishes the body, I suppose faith for me nourishes my heart and my soul. You know, it's the energy that courses through every single fibre and cell within our every muscle and every strand of thought. And it's the fundamental foundation of our existence. People have moved mountains with their faith. You know, even when situations seemed dire and bleak, it was their faith that carried them through. You know, there's little to no explanation for me for it in the physical realm. It's the metaphysical fiber that binds us all, carrying each of our deepest wishes and desires. You know, that's definitely, that, that is where faith lives. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, I, I share I share that view. I think there's a much higher purpose that exists for all of us, um, and whatever trials and tribulations we go through, uh, it, it 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 helps us. It binds us to the life that we live. And 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 ultimately, one of the things I found in my own uh, life when I've come, you know, um, you know, for example, the loss of my my son and and other things that that ha that I've experienced is that, you know. There, there, there must be, a, there is a bigger purpose for us, and that and our test is our test. Um, and and you know, and I completely share that that perspective. I just want to move on um, from from you know this really difficult um, part of your life to the success that you've made. And and you know, what was it that that took you from that point to where you are today? Um, you know what. 
what did you have to overcome to get to to setting up this business and being that support to people, you know, helping them to coaching them in, in, in areas of speech and communication? So you're asking from the journey from where I was ill to yeah yeah and you know what 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 made you what what kind of made you um, think about getting to this point in terms of um, well I was working for my husband he's a chartered civil engineer and I was running workshops on management so I was going into corporates running them across the board for directors and you know what civil engineers are like they're very monotonous and. I remember, yeah, <laughs> engineers, yeah, and I remember running these workshops, you know, giving them the tools, and they'd come back and say, "Man, you know, great workshop, but it, it's just not working for us." And I said, "Okay." So when they go into pitch or bid for a business, I started sit, sitting in to see whether there was something else I could incorporate into the workshop that I was delivering, and um, I realized it was communication. It was body language. You know, there was no body language when they were actually speaking and they were very monotonous. The pitch, the tone that they were using. Um, and I thought I need to put something in with regards to communication in the workshop. And before I can do that, I actually need to invest in myself and go on a few courses. You know, if I'm going to teach it to them. I need to know it. Yeah. And... It's like your five senses. You take them for granted. You know, we think communication, that's not something that I want to pay for. Why do I need that? I know how to speak. And just from there, really, I went on to workshops, went on to some coaching programs, and I realized, actually, it's a subject that I'm really, really passionate about. So uh, I carried on working for my husband for a few years. And um, I then realized that I've lost myself along the way. I dedicated those six, seven years to my family, to my children. Now they're full time at school. Now I'm working alongside my husband. And actually, I'd like to do something, you know, and that's when I thought that I'd uh, take on public speaking. So it, it's 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 interesting. I'm listening to you, and you know, we before we got on air, you, you mentioned that you were nervous about doing this the show, and uh, and then you know, again off, uh, with our off air discussions, I also know that you're quite a private person, and that you don't like talking about, especially the the the, the cancer and the the illness uh, with with the outside world. So. Can I ask you why? Why now? Why do you want to? Why do you want to talk about it now? What's changed? Um, you're right. Yes, I don't like talking about it because I don't like playing the victim card. You know, I'm quite a strong uh, personality. You know, I don't want people to take pity on me. But then I think sometimes it doesn't hurt to expose that side of you to share your story. Do you do, I mean, if I may, do you think do you think that you sharing that part of your life is um, a weakness? Do you feel that it's a weakness that people will look at you in that in that way? I do actually. Yeah, I, I do think it's a weakness. I say that because, um, like I said, I'm I'm a strong character, and if I shared this part of my life, it's a very dark part in my life. I feel that I'm exposing a weak side of me, which I had no control over. So it's not something that I'm comfortable with sharing. 
Okay. I mean, I, I, I come from a different space uh, and I'm really curious um, with the view that you take because to me, hardship and recovery and bounce back, it, it's, it's steeped in credibility. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, somebody who's somebody sitting in front of me has come through a difficult time and they've, they've got through it. They're intact. They're there. Man, that's that's that that oozes credibility to me. Yes, you're right. It's a credibility piece as it's improved me as a person. But I've never felt that I need to share this with the world as this is a very personal journey. And this is an improvement from within Azur. It's a credibility that I give myself for the journey that I have traveled. You know, I want people to share my successes and to know as a British Pakistani that can all do things, you know, from where I've come from to where I am today. I want to share that and not this dark side of my life with people. It's interesting um, because, Maz, I mean, I, I, I... I've spoken to a lot of people and I've shared my own experience of losing a business, for example. Um, and it's very different to health, naturally, but, you know, it, it, it's it, you lose your livelihood, you lose, you, you have huge amount of uncertainty. And this happened to me, obviously, 18 months ago. Every single person that's spoken to me, they said, wow, you've got so much experience. You've got so much credibility and gravitas in the, in the way that you can, you know, um, inspire somebody with that story. And that's the way I look at you. It's not necessarily feeling pity. It's that inspiration that I get when I when I when I talk to yourself, because any person who overcomes is inspirational. And that's that's the space that I sit in. Um, it's it, it, it's it's let's let's talk a little bit about your business and and uh, make a point. Um, you, you, nice name. I like the name. Make a point. It's really creative. Um, on, on numerous occasions on your on your sort of posts and videos, um, you know, you help clients with fear and anxiety and sort of overcoming the, the, the stumbling blocks. Um, what were in your uh, what were your stumbling blocks um, when you were getting to that point? And, you know, you know, or, or another way to look at it is. What do you fear? What, what is it that stops you in your tracks? Um, I think what I've realized from public speaking and engagement with participants in the training, that generally we all have the same fear and anxiety as her. So even now when I'm about to give a keynote or a big presentation, those, fear of, those fears of judgment often come to my mind and they create a doubt that sometimes stops me from taking immediate action and therefore momentarily stopping me in my tracks. But over time, I've learned to change my emotional state to motivate myself to really push forward. You know, by sh shifting your mental focus, you can change your perspective of how you deal with things. It's like movement, you know, movement of any kind changes your state. For example, I don't know, if you're feeling lethargic, take note of your posture, you know, sitting up straight with your shoulders back, improve, you know, notice the words you use when speaking. Are you using positive or negative language? The words we use will either give us energy or deplete our energy. And I always think 
fears are tiny voices trying to keep you where you are right now. You know, never trust your fear because, you know, they don't know your strengths. There's this quote by um, Marianne William Williamson that I absolutely love and, you know, I believe in. And she says that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. You know, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we are li liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. It's clear to me. Um, I was going to ask you, um, do you love what you do? Clearly you do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> evident. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I love, I absolutely love, love, love what I do. Because whilst I get to help people overcome their fears and, and anxieties, I get to learn so much other about psychology, communication, and the core of what makes us human, which is our vulnerability. You know, I found that embracing our vulnerability has a direct impact on our confidence. Confidence for me is about feeling the freedom to be yourself in every situation. And there isn't another way of achieving this, but by accepting who you are embracing your imperfections. You know, I always encourage my clients to take off their mask and be themselves, you know, through which they find strength in reconnecting to their true selves. You know, I love my work because this is not a side hustle. I am fully immersed in what I, you know, public speaking is one of the most used professional tools. You know, people call it a soft skill. It's definitely not a soft, you know, it's, it's an area where people receive the least amount of training. And I'm passionate about sharing all the tools and resources that I have at my disposal. And I've, I've been gathering over the years. The great thing about passion is, uh, is that it's infectious. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can feel that. I mean, we're, we're sort of uh, um, on video, but I, I, can, I can actually feel it. And <laughs> one of the things that, I, that comes up in my, uh, to my, in my mind uh, as a guy, um, because men generally tend to be less expressive, um, uh, you know, and vulnerability is, is, a, is a word that's used quite a lot. And, you know, to be, to be able to openly share your experiences because, and I've, I've experienced this with my friends, my male friends, and even in, within my family, it is considered to be a weakness to, to, um, to put yourself out there, to be able to communicate uh, that vulnerability. And I think it's really important for us men to be able to, uh, you know, gather the tools to be able to 
to express ourselves and communicate properly. It's part of rapport. It's part of who we are. It's part of you know our, our social beast that we that that we are as human beings. And it you know it starts from home. And I and I remember with my own self and my wife and, and you know our communication was not bad, but it it, it it had to improve, and a lot of it had to come from me. Um, and it's so true what you're saying that. There needs to be, um, especially for guys, I think there's there's a there's a gap there that needs to needs to be filled. Um, and I, you know, I've I've been on their social media. I've done my research. I've looked at uh, various various things. I mean, looking looking back and looking forward at the same time, you know, you've met some incredible people, Maz. Uh, you, you you've obviously um, helped them. What have you learned in your experiences so far? Because you know, it's it's it's. I'm I'm really curious about that. And what have you learned about human beings? Um, I've learned that hard work um, will always outweigh talent. You know, the number one lesson I've learned in my lifetime is that nothing beats hard work. Hard work outweighs talent and intelligence, and is necessary. If you want to succeed, this not only means working hard when things are are going well, but working harder when things are not going well. It means taking calculated risks and sticking to them. You know, my background is I was a stockbroker, so I know how to mitigate risk. You know, no matter how challenging things are. And the other thing that I've learned is be confident enough to accept your faults. No person is perfect. And everyone has faults, you know, no matter how successful or unsuccessful they may be. Don't waste your time trying to cover up your faults. Instead, accept them, face reality, and do your best to work around these faults. There's no greater sign of confidence than self-acceptance. You know, learn from your past. So many people focus on the future. And while having a plan in place, is important and it's great, but it's equally important to never forget to learn from the past. Don't be afraid to look back. You know, your past performance actually does reflect your future performance. You know, this is something to remember both in your personal ventures and your financial ones. You must make mistakes to build character and to make yourself a better, more rounded individual. You know, make sure to look back on these mistakes and learn from them. Absolutely. And um, looking at where you are now and looking at your journey, where do you see yourself? You, you, you personally, business-wise, um, where do you see yourself, um, especially in the current situation where we are, where we are with, with COVID? Um, and do you think that you will need to be really imaginative in, imaginatory in, the, in the pushing the boundaries of your business to really get to where you want to be because you know everyone slightly is on the back foot at the moment um up until now i was actually running a very successful coaching business but due to the current pandemic it's made me question the certainty of my business model as it was so heavily dependent you know on teaching people about effective face-to-face -face communication. You know, and this was largely done through workshops and one-to-one -one sessions. Um, but recently, 
I've had to diverse onto this digital platform. And that's been really, really interesting. You know, I'm aware that virtual training, it's not a new concept. People have benefited from virtual training environment for years. But shifting to the virtual world, for me, it was new. You know, it was a very different experience. You know, initially I questioned how I would do it. Would anybody be interested? You know, but then I thought about the course content, the takeaway, and even the way the day runs remains and change from the in-person version. It's the same training. It's the same message. It's the same content. You know, it's the same me. It's just a different learning environment. And actually, maybe even a better one. So Make a Point has gone onto the virtual platform. I mean, at the moment, we're in a uh, pandemic where we've been isolated, we're at homes, a lot of people are using Zoom. And I've been very fortunate, actually. Um, I heavily use LinkedIn, Instagram, and I've had clients from India, Denmark, America, who I've been doing these one-to-one sessions with. And it's been amazing because if it wasn't for this, I would never have moved on to the virtual platform and I would never have been able to connect with these people. And they've these people have realized that, yes, there's a pandemic. Yes, we're isolated at home, but this is the time to invest in yourself. And the biggest investment you can make as a, is in yourself, because that's where you get the highest return from. Uh, uh- I know that you've been very vocal on 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 social media, and you you come onto a show regularly um, every day and at twelve o'clock, and you have a, a very strong views on um, the economy and the way that the government has performed. Do you think, in your opinion, looking ahead, that your business or um, businesses like yourself, um, do you think this is a combination of if if we get to back back to some sort of normality, that this is going to be a combination of a bit of both. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, at the moment, you know, before people would think this it was a luxury. You know, people would ask, do you do stuff on Skype? And I said, Skype? Who just thinks on Skype? No, of course I don't. <laughs> you know, but this is a new way. Yeah. Uh, I think it's actually really cool. It's amazing. You don't have to leave the house. You can just do it from the comfort of your own home and you, and you can learn. So, yeah, I definitely think um, there'll, there'll be a lot of change in a positive way. Yeah. So um, what I usually do is uh, we, 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 we always put in a parting thought, uh, a final sort of um, uh, message that you want to put out to the, to the viewers. Uh, what's your parting thought? What is the, the thing that you want to push out to the listeners and viewers? Um. <clears throat> That if they want to take on a venture and they question themselves, then I think intuition is, is a good word because intuition comes from a sensation, an expression or a movement directly from the heart. You know, this is how we're able to make our dreams come to fruition and create our lives in alignment with our, our calling. You know, in fact, our calling stems from intuition in the first place. You know, there was a book that I and I know that we've spoke about this on the phone when we spoke uh, by Simon uh, Senak. And in the book, he mentions that there are two ways to build a career or a business. We can go through life hunting and pecking, 
looking for opportunities or customers, hoping that something connects, or we can go through life with the intention, knowing what our piece looks like, knowing our why, and going straight to the place we fit. When you know you fit, then you think, yeah, I, you know, I need to pursue this. You know, this may be the most compelling word of all, why. It motivates people to think and wonder. The reason why is so important in human thought is that thought revolves around meaning. And deep within you, you know what you are designed to do. There's a voice, it's a feeling, it's a sixth sense that tells you. You know, we've all experienced that feeling that things would unfold in a particular direction for a particular reason. Destiny, fate. And I believe that all of us as know our calling. Your job is not to fully understand the world, but simply to enhance it. Make it better because you were here. And whether that be through an entertaining performance, a beautiful sculpture, a simpler solution, a kind gesture, or a global movement, grow where you are planted. You know, then branch out towards even more. Move towards your why, your purpose. Do something that fulfills you. You know, fulfillment is what happens when an acorn becomes an oak, a nurturer becomes a nurse, an explorer pursues a quest, or when a message finds its medium. And if we are doing something that matters in some way, we tend to smile on the inside. And this shows up in the quality of our work. And I guess you are living your why in what you're doing. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's very visible. And look, I'm, I'm going to put my two bits worth in because I think um, I need to say this. And um, If I were your client um, and knowing the obstacles that you have combated and gone through, I would feel really, really privileged and I would feel very inspired uh, and very fortunate to be in the presence of a person like yourself. Somebody to stand there to, to help me, to teach me how to communicate or whatever you know, uh, purpose you have, um, to be able to help me in that way, I would be hugely privileged. To me, you know, these are symbols of what you've gone through in your life and, and what you've very kindly shared is um, symbols of strength, courage, and, you know, again, vulnerability. Uh, it takes a really, really um, courageous person to be able to, to come here on the podcast to explain and to sit and share. And I know how nervous you were. Uh, we had a number of uh, communicators <laughs> before this. Um, but honestly, you know, looking at yourself, you know, your, your hair, your hair, and you shared and you've inspired and and i honestly say this you know be proud and acknowledge yourself i think it's awesome it's absolutely awesome um Thank you. and I'm, I'm absolutely honored to have you on the show really am uh we will be sharing maz's details on uh the credits at the end of the show and we will also be posting all the all the uh, contact details on our posts uh and i'm sure maz will be available to speak to you uh, as and when. Maz, thank you very much for your time.
Thank you very much for having me, Ezra. And to the listeners and viewers, we will be posting this probably in about a week's time. In the meantime, stay safe. Look after yourselves. Look after others. God bless. Take care.